Hello. Welcome to a new episode of Reddit Readings. If you're interested in helping the podcast, go to the link in the show description and vote on your preferred narrator. Thank you. Now, let's go on with the episode. Before you listen, I'd like to advise sensitive listeners to not listen to this episode, as some stories, especially the last one, are very disturbing. If you're here for a laugh please return tomorrow for another episode. Reddit Readings, Episode 27 This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Parents who have disowned or genuinely stopped loving your child, what happened? I have disowned my oldest son. He molested my daughter has been diagnosed as a sociopath and we have restraining orders against him. It isn't fun and I never thought I would be that parent. My family disowned me because I disowned my mother. I was sexually groomed and abused slash tortured by her husband for years and when I finally told her she not only didn't believe me, but stayed married to him for 7 years. I had to move out at 16 to get away from how I was being treated. Then when I finally began speaking to others she started to cover her ass with her social circle by telling them that I seduced her husband. I cut her off for years, and didn't ever want to see her again but my family bullied me to just get over it and have a relationship with my mother and that I was hurting her. Even my sister who knew what happened, knew I stayed for so long to protect her, fell into a trap of my mother whining to everyone around her and painting me as a liar. About 4 years ago she was very suddenly diagnosed with advanced cancer and didn't have much time. I was moving out of my home state and everyone told me I needed to see her before I left, that I needed to be there, but I didn't want to. In the end everyone turned their back on me. They were so mad I wouldn't just forget my trauma just to say goodbye to someone I hadn't loved for a long time, and rightly so. My parents disowned my oldest sister. She always struggled growing up more than us, she became a teen mom with a bad older dude, partied a lot, etc., but my parents helped her a lot. They do okay for themselves, but had a no co-signing rule for all six of my siblings and I still, they co-signed for her house so she could get a head start. She didn't pay the mortgage for almost three years before my mom got served in front of all the other nurses at her work. My parents worked tirelessly to try to work out deals where my sister and her family kept the house and got some leniency, but to no avail, because my sister never showed up for court dates. During this time, she paid $12.000 for IVF and got pregnant with her fifth kid. When my mom demanded some of the money back, she accused my dad and my brother of beating her sons when my parents took them to Disney World. He didn't, and said she'd file a police report if he asked for money again. They kept asking, cause it wasn't true. She awkwardly joined us for Christmas, and punched my brother in the face during the meal for quote-unquote humiliating her oldest son by asking him if he wanted to work at my brother's company for good pay. Her oldest son is in and out of jail, and my brother was trying to help him after his release, but her son said he didn't want a job and got mad. She then called the cops and told them the same brother had illegal guns in his truck and they came on Christmas night and searched his truck, no guns found. Needless to say, she is not welcome anywhere near any of us, and my mom still cries about it, but refuses to talk to her again. My father said my mother's issue was she had too many children, and it gave her some kind of brain fever, much like a dog that loses its mind after having too many puppies. My mother said my father felt trapped by me. 
He was planning to leave when it was just my two older brothers, and then my mother got pregnant with me and he felt obligated to stay. Now that I'm an adult with two kids myself, I think I realize that both of my parents are just extremely mentally ill, and incapable of loving anyone, including themselves. A little different, I was disowned, but I deserved it. I was an addict and a mess for a long time, my mom couldn't keep bailing me out of trouble and watch me self-destruct anymore. I wasn't living at home, she came to see me one last time to tell me she was done, not to contact her, she would no longer have anything to do with me. She was in pieces, I can't imagine how hard it must have been for her. But it was the best thing she ever did for me, once she cut me off my rock bottom came hard and fast. After a little while of living on the streets and my addiction consuming me, I made my way to a detox center, got a few days clean under my belt and never looked back. That was almost 15 years ago. After I was clean a little while I contacted my mom, and little by little we built a relationship again, and now we're really close. I am forever grateful to my mom for letting me fall and letting me back into her life. I've disowned one of my siblings, still have five other siblings. My sister is just a horrible person. She's the youngest of the seven, and she's been rotten since she was a teenager. She is much younger than the rest of us, so while the other six grew up together, she was almost like an only child. She treats everybody in her life like they're here to serve her needs. Some of the things she's put our mother through are truly horrible. I wouldn't give a shit if she disappeared forever. Not my kid, but my sister I raised for several years. I was a senior in HS when my parents had my sister, completely unexpected. They were 58 and 55. I never really got to know her much as I went away to college when she was 5 months old, and was in the Air Force by the time she was one and a half. I saw her twice on leave, and got pics, but the way life was working out we never really got time together. Fast forward, our dad dies when she is 2, and my stepmother is raising her. She was a terrible parent, like the kind that saw one of her kids run away at 16 to halfway across the country, another run away at 15 and get married and one that is just a loon who spent his life bouncing around whatever hot NLM program was out there as a career. She also convinced my dad to send me to a pray away the gay camp when I was 15. So when my sister was 11 and begging for help, I took leave and went to her. Surprisingly, my stepmonster was happy to get attorneys to draw up the paperwork for me to become my sister's guardian, and even pay for it. So I'm raising my sister and things are okay until she is about 14. Then I caught her doing these videos online talking dirty trying to get guys to jerk off. So that was a mess of trying to get those down and suing the people that hired her to do them. Ran away for a week, hiding out at a friend's house, found her when she was caught shoplifting. A B and D charge at 14, trying to steal the phone of a boy she was dating to say if he was talking to other girls. It happened on base and I managed to talk it out of being a bigger thing. A second B and E charge with friends breaking into the NCO club to try to steal beer. I was told I had to leave base housing at that point, my security clearance was suspended to make sure she wasn't putting me in a position I could be compromised. Still 14, arrested with a stolen military ID trying to get into a bar. 15 escapes rehab. 15 escapes rehab again. 16 things seem good and she is taking school seriously. At 18 she was accepted to RISD, graduated with honors, and had an actual decent paying job with a web company with benefits and everything. Started getting stoned a lot, lost her job. Sold her car to pay bills. Lost her apartment, still hadn't bothered looking for work. Got her trust fund at 24, blew over $400.000 in two years, nothing to show for it. Had multiple cases against her for drugs. Was restricted to the state, 
but decides to go follow fish around anyway in Somali. Got picked up for hooking and possession out of state, was returned to Re where she was detained and somehow released pending trial yet again. While awaiting trial she was caught holding enough packaged for sale heroin to qualify as a distribution charge. By then, I hadn't heard from her for almost seven years, and only managed to keep up with her reading the police blotter from the occasional attorney that she had contact me to verify I would pick up her legal tab, I wouldn't. Against any logic, she was out of prison in under three years. I heard she dimed a bunch of people out to make it happen. She showed up at my house, asking for a place to stay. I said I couldn't have her in my house, but I'd get her a place for the night and then help her locate a place of her own. That night she broke into my house, nearly got shot by me while doing it, and tried to spin some story that she was looking for something she dropped in my house earlier that day, despite never actually entering my house. I told her she had to go. She threatened she would call DCFS and tell them I was abusing my kids if I didn't go with her to an ATM and give her all the money I could withdraw. Told her to get the fuck out before I exercised the castle defense law and dropped her. Took out a restraining order the next day, and in doing so found she once again left state when she wasn't supposed to have and violated her parole, so back to the clink. Since then she's been dead to me. My biological father divorced my mom and also has three kids, basically bouncing out of our lives and making it clear he wanted next to nothing to do with any of us when he left. Many years later, at my older sister's funeral, that he had the fucking gall to attend, I asked him why he did that he said, I thought it would be easier for everyone. He actually meant it was easier for him to run home to his wealthy family and enjoy a second adolescence while my single mother worked two jobs to feed three kids under 10 with zero child support from him. My ex-wife disowned my son. We both married young when I was in the military, high school sweethearts. She became pregnant six months into our marriage. I don't think she connected with him at all after he was born. The most she did with him was Instagram photo shoots where she painted herself as number one mommy. When he turned three, I left the military. A year after that, she ran for the hills. I remember it like it was yesterday. I sat down with her at a local restaurant to talk divorce plans. We split all of our financials and material items down the middle. We finally got to custody for my kiddo, something I dreaded to discuss because fathers never gain custody in my area, and she tells me, I want absolutely no responsibility. I was taken back and I asked if she was sure. She was. That one sentence hurt me more than anything else that happened during that time. My biological father wanted nothing to do with me and now I was seeing it happen with my own child but with his mother. I received full custody and she married within a year afterwards. She had another child too. Her parents try their best to be a part of his life but she still does her best to avoid him. He's seven now and used to it, but I know it weights heavily on him. Shit sucks ass, but it's life I guess. I disowned a family member, not a child though. We were very close, until he ended up being caught in a pedo sting. Then I turned my back and haven't looked back. I have a sister the age of the girl he was supposed to meet. I can't associate with scum like that. FYI. According to my sister, nothing was ever done to her. My mother and her sister were both adopted into a great family. Recently, my grandfather fell ill, and we were told to prepare to say goodbye. So the family gathered. My grandmother has had a hard time with her memory since she had a brain hemorrhage, but she welcomed my aunt into her home during this tough time. Whilst my grandfather was in his final week, Wendy, aunt, took my grandmother's ATM card and proceeded to spend well over a thousand dollars on herself and get herself a motel room. She also attempted to steal their car. When my uncles found out, she basically disappeared into the wind. 
After my grandfather passed and his funeral was all sorted, my grandmother went to an attorney to write Wendy out of any inheritance she would get from their estate when she passes. She didn't press any formal charges, because the whole process would have been lengthy and more painful for her. She didn't need the extra stress. I'm pretty sure one of my uncles also threatened Wendy to make sure she stayed away from my grandmother from now on too. I was a kid and my sister was much older when my parents were finally done with her. From my recollection, she went through the cycle of making one stupid decision after another, even when they would tell her and show her why she shouldn't make that decision. Dropped out of college, they were paying for, and used the tuition money she was refunded to buy a Firebird, then quit her job, let car run out of oil, kept driving it until the engine seized up, parents bailed her out again, buying her what they could afford on one salary, a decent, used station wagon. Only catch, she'd take the job my dad called in favors for, parents come home one day to find strange car and driveway, a sunbird. It was old and shitty, but it was a one-to-one -one trade my sister managed to swing on the station wagon, lo and behold, old and shitty car breaks down almost immediately and she simply stops showing up to work, gets fired, moves out with no car and no job, accusing parents of controlling her life, moves back in three months later. Upset that I have moved into her old bedroom, which is bigger, demands to be moved back into the bigger bedroom, parents say no, she threatens to move out, she goes on a semi-hunger strike about the bedroom. Turns out she was shoplifting and stockpiling candy to eat so she wouldn't have to eat with the rest of the family, during this time, dates a number of less than stellar boyfriends, including a guy who is 30 years older, but drives a Porsche, a guy who had been convicted of sexual abuse, and another guy who generally creeps everyone out by jumping the fence and just standing in the backyard at all hours of the night, eventually, she is told to, parent, go to college, or move out. She chooses to move out, and is gone by the end of the week. I clearly remember her threatening to burn the house down as she left, two months later, she asks to move back in because her roommate and best friend kicked her out. Parents say no, she's on her own unless she wants to go to college or get a job and keep it, car breaks down again, for good, and calls and asks parents if they can buy a new one for her. Not new as in new to her. New as in brand new model year. My parents' newest car was 15 years old at the time. They say no, and not to call again. There were a whole raft of other things, too, including forgetting to pick up her grandmother from doctor's appointments, generally loathing the existence of the rest of her family, and, then, ironically, deriding the family as rednecks when she finally managed to hook a guy who was a small business owner and actually had some money. Anywho, it's been about 20 years since I've spoken to her, and, from the stuff I hear now and again through the pipeline, I'm better for it. I do expect her to come calling when my parents pass and she finds out I'm the Solaire. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love my son, but he abused me. When he turned that violence onto his sister by choking her, I had to say goodbye. I have been legally disowned by my father. When I was 11, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer. This was her second diagnosis in around four years, obviously she recovered the first time after intense surgery and a lot of chemo, and he did not want to look after her like he did before. He also had a new girlfriend and her family to look after apparently and he had no issues leaving us. 
When my mum passed away when I was 14, my brother, grandmother, him and I met up to discuss who I was going to live with, the plan was my brother and his family, father was never considered, and he showed up and declared that he was in the process of going to court to legally emancipate himself from me. He went out of his way to legally declare that I was no longer his child. Just so that my brother, 22 yo with a wife and two young children already struggling on one paycheck, couldn't seek child support. Needless to say it stung coming only days after my mother's funeral. As Jehovah's Witnesses, my parents disowned my siblings and I several times since I was in my late teens. One of the JW rules is that you do not associate with others who know quote unquote the truth but refuse to follow it, including family and parents are encouraged to disown any children who have left the religion. The first time was when I was 19. It upset me, I was heartbroken and eventually they changed their minds only to do it again a couple years later and so on until I stopped caring and no longer attempt to be a part of their lives at all. I wouldn't say I've disowned or stopped loving my son, but it's real tough to find love for him. He's almost 14, next month, and he's currently out of our home at a treatment facility. He's averaged two arrests a year for the last two years, and he's attacked my wife several times, our daughters several times, and the neighborhood kids several times. He's run away from school, run away from home, and tried to push me off the roof of our house, after threatening to jump off and hurt himself. We have become that family in our town where the police are called to our home on a semi-regular basis. He's been getting more violent as he gets older, not to mention bigger and stronger, and I honestly don't see an end in sight. The key fact I'm leaving out is that he's been diagnosed as high-functioning autistic and is also bipolar. That's like putting walls around a tornado and expecting it to stay inside the walls. A lot of what has occurred he had little control over because of the way his mind is, where he's constantly at war with himself, structure versus chaos, and my wife and I have tried desperately to give him the best life we can while keeping ourselves and our daughters safe, but I'm tired. It's been eight and a half years, we've been going through this with him and I've been ready to throw in the towel on him for a while. But my wife refuses to let him go, so we wake up every morning trying to give him the best life for him and our girls. Since it seems to have widened a bit, a family torn apart. Based on an aunt and her niece. Aunt starts signs of dementia at a relatively young age, is moved into an assisted living home. Niece, who bounces around jobs, gets her ex to go visit her about once a week, take her out to the mall or a walk in the park, whatever. Paid handsomely. We get an alert that aunt has a check bounce from her account that should have $5,000 in it. Niece has drained the account. Proven beyond a doubt, with receipts. Niece would take aunt to aunt's bank machine every Friday and withdraw $200, then fill her car with gas, and can't drive, and charge us hours when she clearly didn't spend hours with aunt. Charged us claiming she took Ant to appointments, there was no appointment. We can actually call the doctor FYI. The family rift? For some bizarre reason niece's family took her side. This Saturday, my son will have been sober for 18 months. He got his GED this year, and he starts at community college at the end of August. He finally has a job that I didn't get for him, soon he will be moving into his own apartment, and he hasn't missed a single appointment with his therapist. He has done everything you would expect of a precocious 17-year-old who hit a rough patch after meeting with a particularly bad influence. He is 29. This is the point where I'm supposed to say that, nevertheless, I'm still proud of him for turning his life around, getting off drugs and off the streets, staying out of trouble, and acting like a responsible adult, or at least an adult who knows the meaning of responsible. Maybe I'll throw in a reference to the prodigal son and kill a fatted calf for him. That's certainly what's expected of me. That's certainly what my son expects of me. 
He demands praise and forgiveness and a party and me to hug him and tell him it's all right. Demands me to tell him how proud I am that he's made something of himself. But I'm not, because he hasn't. Not in the slightest. His mother and I gave him every opportunity we could. I don't expect any praise for that, because unlike my son, I don't expect praise for doing what you're supposed to. She and I worked hard to give him a loving, stable, comfortable, supportive home. We were involved in his school, we introduced him to music, to the extent that any two people can, his mother was a damn good cellist, though, and sports and culture, we fed him healthy meals, we played with him thanks to him, we got in the best shape we'd ever been in since our 20s and we let him stumble and fall and make mistakes and get back up again. He started shoplifting at 15. The first time we caught him, we bodily dragged him back to the store, made him return the copy of Grand Theft Auto and apologize, and offered to pay for any damages. The second time we caught him, this time with a pair of shoes, we did the same thing. The third time, we started going to family therapy. Therapy seemed to go well, and after a few sessions the therapist asked for a few one-on-one -on -one meetings with him. After two of those, the police came knocking on our door because the little shit had concocted some story about how we were a religious cult who raped him for breakfast every Saturday, and the dumb chicken shit therapist actually believed him. Rational heads prevailed, we fired that therapist, and he went through six more in as many months, until eventually we couldn't find anyone who would take him as a patient. By 16, he was drinking. Then we found pot in his bedroom, and in our bedroom. He started leaving needles, bongs, and crack pipes where he knew we'd eventually find them, just to fuck with us. I know this because he said so, in those exact words. He had his first intervention and first trip to rehab that year, and his first relapse. He had to repeat a year of high school at 17, which meant he was now the ringleader of a group of other young dipshits, who saw him as this totemic mentor shaman who could hook them up with whatever shit they wanted. I'm also damn sure he started fucking one of his gang's younger sister, 13, around then, but I had nothing to go on but my own instincts, so all I could do was tell her parents to keep an eye on her. No charges were ever pressed, and the family never spoke to me again after that, but they did pull both of their kids out of that school, and my son was furious at me for daring to not let him continue committing statutory rape. He decided to try for normal rape later on. While I was away, he spent an uncharacteristic night at home and on his best behavior. After his mother went to sleep, he followed her to her bedroom. He took a knife with him. He crept into the room, straddled her, put the blade to her throat and slid his other hand inside her. I don't know exactly what happened next. I know he held her down and tried to undress her. I know she fought. I know he stabbed her. I know she got away and locked herself in the bathroom before he could catch her, I hope that means she kicked him good in the balls. I know she broke the window and screamed for help. I know he ran. I know she was lucky the ambulance got to her before she bled to death. I know he called his friends to brag and beg a ride. I know the police caught him. I know if I'd been home or if I'd caught him, I'd have killed him with my bare hands. The state tried my son as an adult. He pled out, but only after making his mother testify and smiling the whole time. She divorced me a month after his sentencing, I looked too much like him. She killed herself a year later. I would be a liar if I said I didn't blame him for her death, because I absolutely do. He was sober when she went to her room, sober when he pulled out his knife, sober when he climbed on top of her, sober when he raped her, sober when he stabbed her. Sober when he ran, sober when he called his friends to brag, and sober when the police found him. When I made the mistake of visiting him after the divorce, he laughed and said she'd had enough of his dick that I could never satisfy her. When I made the mistake of visiting him after she killed herself, 
He laughed again and asked how it felt to have some prick take your bitch away. I should have killed him right there. It is to my eternal shame that I did not. They let him out after serving three years. He spent the next six years on the streets, in and out of rehab, on and off other people's couches, and would grace me every six months or so with a phone call demanding money. Eventually I refused to talk to him unless it was to drive him back to rehab, and I stopped completely after he stole my wallet. Two years ago, he came to my house with his aunt, his mother's sister, in tow and crocodile tears in his eyes. He pretended to apologize. I slammed the door. His aunt barges in to try to shame me into forgiving the man who raped my wife, caused her death, and laughed about, he stayed outside. He slashed my tires, threw a brick through a window, and drove off in her car. His aunt had no idea that he'd taken her keys, or that he'd been armed the whole time. She blamed me. He guilted her into letting him stay with her, went to rehab and relapsed, then went again, and here we are. In stark contrast to the ball of shit that is my son and his life, I have watched my friends and colleagues, those who will still talk to me, that is, children go on to become doctors, lawyers, skilled tradesmen, actors and musicians, academics, entrepreneurs, and career military. I've seen a few start their own families. And even the ones who've had a rough start, or who stumbled and fell, managed to pick themselves up again, or are bravely soldiering on. I have nothing but respect for them. I also note that they do not expect juice and a fucking cookie for having a job and not getting hopped up on meth or raping their mothers for 18 whole months. My son has pretended to reform before. He has even convinced himself once or twice. But he always backslides, always relapses, always finds new ways to disappoint, always hurts other people for his own short-sighted benefit. His aunt is already at the stage where she is pretending she must have forgotten where she put some knickknack or piece of jewelry and has already told me to fuck off after I've warned her of what my son can, will, and has done before, and what he will do again now that he thinks she is weak. When he fucks up again, when he hurts someone else with his ceaseless bullshit, I will not be there to pick up after him. I am through with him. I am through with his aunt. I cannot talk to her without being overcome with rage and shame as I see the stupid, stupid hope I used to have that my son would ever amount to anything, and I do not need any more disappointment and failure in my life. I am not proud of my son. I am sorry for inflicting him upon the world. Thanks for listening to Reddit Readings episode 27. And if you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and leaving a rating. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience.
Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.